3: We're listening to the
2: Vox Media Podcast Network.
4: Mixed martial arts. Mixed martial arts. It's the best martial arts because they're mixed.
3: Woo! <laughs> <laughs> All right. The UFC back in the apex a week after a storyline filled pay-per-view event. And this week, the 205 pound division is on the marquee as a former title challenger looks to halt the momentum of one of the division's rising contenders. As we welcome you to the live UFC Vegas 50 preview show here on MMAFighting.com. I am Mike Heck. We have an all-star cast joining me this week. We got Jose Young's back home. In Phoenix, Arizona, we got the Prince of Positivity, Alexander K. Lee, joining us as well. Gentlemen, let's get into this. Jose, we have a main event between Tiago Santos and Magomed Ankolaev. Santos took on John Jones, took him to the limit, even with a severe injury, basically fought the majority of that fight at UFC 239 on one leg, took over a year off to recover. Then he gets finished by Glover Teixeira, loses the decision to Alexander Rakic, then he bounced back with a win over Johnny Walker in the main event uh, back in October, and it wasn't a fight that wasn't very, like, aesthetically pleasing. Not one folks are going to be hankering to go back and watch again. But on the other end, we got Magomed Ankalaev, seven wins in a row. He's coming off the big win against Volkan Ozdemir in October. And many believe, including our own Jed Mishu, that this might be the guy at 205. He just needs an opportunity to prove it. So your thoughts on this main event between Thiago Santos and Magomed Ankalaev?
5: uh this is fantastic main event this is like i always say an extremely high level martial arts competition that really does need no other storyline involved to get me excited i mean for as much as we talk about the ufc light heavyweight division kind of being one of the weaker and shallow divisions uh in the entire ufc the premier organization in mixed martial arts which is a far cry from what like the early 2000s when we had chuck tito rampage randy couture like like all those guys kind of running running house uh in at the 205 pound division and Goliath is only 29. I just looked that up this morning. I thought he was in his 30s. So we have a sub 30 year old that's making waves in the light heavyweight division against someone who, yeah, the Johnny Walker fight kind of sucked uh, in terms of excitement. The Ratchet fight wasn't great. The Globe Share fight was fun until it ended. And then the John Jones fight was, I thought, a very exciting fight. And before then, he was just murking fools, incur- including. Former champion Jan Blachowicz. so I like everything about this fight. I do think it's Ankaliev's fight to lose. I just think he's an absolute monster. He should technically, I think he should. Well, he should be undefeated. If he had lasted one second against Paul Craig, he might have already fought for the title because he'd be what like an eight something fight win streak in the two hundred in two hundred five pound division in the UFC. So love everything about this fight, and I'm very glad this is a five round main event. I know there's a lot of other awesome fights on this card, but specifically, I want to see have over five rounds. I Want to see Tiago Santos have five rounds to decapitate a fool? I I love everything about this fight.
3: Okay, hey, we talked about Tiago's last performance against Johnny Walker. And yes, it was not a fun fight, but at the same time, who cares if you're Tiago Santos? Because goes out, gets a win that he needed very badly, goes home with two paychecks, is about to be a dad. Who cares what anybody thinks? But Sort of adding to that slow, countering, patient style he used, you can make an argument, AK, and he discussed this at the media day, the approach he took in his last fight might actually be his best path to victory against a guy like Ankoliyev. So what do you think about that? What do you think about this fight in general?
6: Yeah, look, the more strategic he can be against a guy like Ankalaev, the better. I, I just don't, he, don't know if he's going to have a choice in the matter. Um, as Jose pointed out, Ankoliyev is just 29 years old. He's in his prime. Uh, he's very explosive. Uh, he, he, is, he is a hard, we should say he is a Dagestani 29. So that's a pretty hard 29. He's got, you know, he's got some serious like training mileage on him among with just like general life experience. Um, but Tiago Santos is a real life 38. And also, uh, again, in terms of fight years, probably uh, well past 40. Um, so it, it's its great to want to be patient. It's great to want to say, I'm going to go that sort of this hard five rounds. But man, can you do it against a guy like Ank- as Townsend Kalev? i don't know um because the counter to that is maybe his best his best option is to instead you know go berserk in round one and try and get that first round finish he's he's shown man he can hurt anybody at 205 like, he's finished jan Blahovic. uh he, he had some success against uh, uh glover so maybe that's the way maybe he can't afford to be patient maybe if he lets uh if, if he tries to extend the fight too long that plays in angoliath's hands again the younger fighter um so I do like the idea that he can maybe uh, drag Ankaliav into a more tactical fight because it's not like Ankalaev is some berserker either, you know who can who can only last like you know who, who has to get it done in the first or second round, um, but boy, it's it, it's 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 a lot easier said than done, and there's just it just feels like there's so many more ways for Thiago Santos to lose this fight than there is for him for him to win them, uh, and that really just speaks to how good
3: Ankaliav is. I feel like we need to kind of keep the spotlight spotlight on you, AK, for a moment if we could because people have actually questioned your nickname this year the prince of positivity mm-hmm. especially these last Fair. couple of fight night cards Fair. your Fair. gymnastics score has not been uh, been all that high you you basically put it at like the minimum number that you're you actually allow yourself to give yeah. these cards on paper I feel Legally, like this yeah. one might be a little bit different. So what, what are we looking at here? Do you want to explain yourself to the people who think that you might oh. you might be the Prince of Meh instead of the Prince of Positivity? <laughs> well, I,
6: I, listen, I have been the Prince of Meh for a couple of years. I've also been the Prince of Positivity for cards that other people weren't looking forward to. I, I quite enjoyed the the uh, Strickland Hermanson card for what it was outside the top two fights. I, I liked that one ahead of time. I liked it after. Uh, but, there is, but there are two cards uh, recently. I think uh, the one where, you know, unfortunately RDA fell out, uh, the Makachev RDA fight. So that, you know, that was almost not their fault that it lost a really big main event. And we were sort of left with the intrigue of Bobby Green, which was fun to talk about in execution. Uh, you know, wasn't that fun to watch, unfortunately. Uh, but that card was, I mean, again, that had the quote-unquote Wellington Terman, Misha Sirkonov co-main event. Again, not really a co-main event. Uh, and same with the the card, um, the Walker, what was the Walker Hill card. And my beef with these cards is one, they were just filled with um, fights that I felt like had low importance as far as uh, divisional, you know, ranking, as far as what could it mean for them uh, moving towards a title shot. Plus, potentially low entertainment value. Plus, a lot of fighters making their debuts. Um, again, we know that's what the contender series is for—is to bring these, you know, these new names in, and that's fine. But it just felt like there was a, quite a cluster of these names getting put on there, and it, it just—it just didn't look good on paper. I think we have a much better. Card to look forward to. I'm definitely the prince of positivity with this one on on Saturday. Terence McKinney's fighting again. He's so exciting to watch. Uh, Khalil Roundtree and Carl Roberson. That's like a perfect like little uh, light heavyweight fight to put on the main card. You're pretty sure someone's getting KO'd. Uh, Alex Caseras getting a well deserved main card spot. And then a lot of good names on the uh, prelims too. Yes, we have some some de- uh, some debutants, but some who I know have a lot of steam behind them. I, I've heard a lot of good things about AJ Fletcher. Camilla uh, Kirk had a great debut against Amir Khani uh chris mutinio i actually am excited to see him again I know, I know a lot of people kind of treat him as a punchline because the o'malley fight so this card has depth and has a strong main card i didn't even mention alex pahetta and uh, bruno silva i know we'll do some deep cut talk later but again just a cursory glance of the card like this is this is legitimate this is like an eight 8.5 i feel like uh at best
3: yeah, we spoke on, on to the next one. I felt I feel like this is the best fight night card of the year so far. I mean, I know it's only March, but thus far, I think this is the best fight night card of the year. But going back to the main event, Jose, we like to ask this question during these preview shows because we have two high-level fighters. Both need wins for different reasons. Santos needs it to stay in contention. He'll probably still have a little bit of a ways to go. But, I mean, if he goes out there and beats Angola, he's absolutely in play... Well, Ankoliyev, if he goes out there and gets an impressive win, you can make a strong argument that he gets the winner of Teixeira versus Brahashko when they fight in June. Maybe he finds himself as a backup for that fight if something goes wrong and one of these guys can't make it. So like you said, even though 205 isn't the deepest division on the planet and a loss doesn't hurt on a massive scale because of that, who do you think needs this one more, Santos or Ankoliyev?
5: Probably Tiago Santos solely to keep him his name relevant at the top of the light heavyweight division. Like, yeah, he fought John Jones, took him to the brink. I remember a lot of people even I, I I'm not in this category, but I know a lot of our fans when we were streaming the, the press conference thought that Thiago Santos won on with no knees. Uh, so but then at what he lost three in a row against the three really high level competition like three incredible fighters and one of them is a current champion so tiago santos obviously needs this if he loses that's what four or five if correct me if i'm wrong so Anytime you lose four or five, regardless of who you're losing it to, it's not a good look, especially if you're losing to the high-level guys. The UFC has cut bait with a lot of guys that have surprised us solely because they're expensive and they're not going to be fighting for the title anymore, like JDS and like Overeem, Yael Romero, all these guys. So uh, Tiago Santos is almost 40, If 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 I'm not mistaken, and losing four or five, pushing 40, regardless of how exciting you are. Uh, is not the best look I mean we were having the same conversation about Johnny Walker and Jamal Hill and I says if Johnny Walker goes out there and just absolutely gets melted in the first round that's worst case scenario so I'm going to reiterate the same thing if Jago Santos goes out there and just gets either 50-40 forward or just gets decapitated in round one not a good look but uh, Tiago Santos has put on some epic performances even in losses so uh, I'm not expecting that against this one. Well, I'm expecting something like that in this one, I should say. But obviously, if Kaliav loses. He's—I don't think he f- falls that far, especially because the UFC kind of want, wants to make a foothold in Abu Dhabi. Anytime they go back to that part of the world, I assume he's going to be on that card. Uh, so it's in in a, in a high profile spot. So even a loss here, I don't think hurts him too much. It might just be a speed bump down the road.
3: AK, according to our friends at DraftKings, the line on this fight has uh, has closed a little bit. Yesterday, I looked at it. Magomed Ankolaev was a minus 600 favorite. But right now, as I look at it currently, some money coming in on Tiago Santos. Ankolaev now a minus 490 favorite. Comeback on Tiago Santos. Plus 360. So, who needs this one more, AK? Can you make the... Because it took... We've been waiting for Magomed Ankolaev to get a fight like this for like two years. Get a main event spot. Get a Get get a veteran name, a guy who's fought for the title, like just looking for that big fight. Like Volkan Ozdemir, yeah, good name, but Tiago Santos, I think, is like a little bit better of a step up. We're in a we're in a five round fight. This is the kind of fight we're looking for. And it took a while for him to get here. So can you make the argument that Magaman Ankalaev needs this one more? Or are you with Jose that Tiago Santos needs to win this fight more than Ankalaev does?
6: No, definitely. There's, there's a strong argument that Enkeliev needs it. He legitimately probably has a title fight on the line. Uh, I mean, you, you there, there's certainly a case to be made that he might need one more after this, but it puts him at least on the short list. If he won this fight in dominating fashion, there would be zero surprise if he was uh, not necessarily guaranteed, but ends up getting a title shot sometime this year without having to fight again. So that's a lot. I mean, that's huge. Jose mentioned, uh, you know, the the Paul Craig setback. He's had a bunch of weird little bumps. That have prevented him from getting that title shot that he's clearly like talented enough to get. The Paul Craig loss was one of the most unlikely shocking losses in history, a fight he was dominating for, for uh 14 minutes and 59 seconds. And then he has this kind of pointless uh two-fight feud with Jan Kuchillaba, which takes up his entire 2020. Um, because of the you know there was the controversy with the stoppage in the first one which wasn't his fault it was kind of kuchelaba being a bit of a goof and you know uh, uh faking that he was hurt and then really we kind of could have moved on i'm glad we did get the rematch but for for ankoliath's purposes he, we kind of knew he was a better fighter than kuchelaba he so he had to, he had to prove it twice um and that again that took up a whole year that was that was the only two times he two fights he had in 2020 and then he gets back to business takes out Kirillov takes out uh Volkan Uzdemir so he does need this he does need this it would be such a shame for him to to hit another weird bump um now unlike Tiago Santos yes he can lose here and still very likely fight his way to a title shot but again now we're talking about probably waiting another year he probably has to get another win later this year and then we're probably waiting until 2023 before he gets a title shot uh so if if you're Ankoliov I mean that sucks like the prospect of that sucks because we're talking about him being 29 but man, life comes at you fast in MMA. One day you're, hey, he's just 29. The next day you're, man, this guy's 32 and he still hasn't fought for the title. It happens so so quickly, and I don't think that's going to happen to Ankalaev. But you take a weird loss to a veteran like Thiago Santos, and who knows what else happens after? It, it, it can uh, it gets dark real fast, uh, as they say. So uh, I absolutely would uh, would say that um, Ankalaev has as much, if not more, to be fighting for than than uh, Thiago Santos. <laughs>
3: Wow, like an MMA, almost like Ferris Buellerism, right there. Life comes at you fast, AK. I like mm-hmm. that. Well done. How to how to turn that into MMA? So we got a couple of like interesting factors in this fight. One, it's the five rounder, which you know Tiago Santos has been there many times. This is Ankolyev's first UFC five rounder, and then we got the fact that this is at the apex. So we got the smaller cage that might play a factor into this fight as well. So with that being said, Jose, time for the picks. We'll begin with you. Who gets this one done? Heavy favorite Ankalaev maybe gets himself into a title fight? Or can Tiago Santos pull off the big upset and get into the title discussion himself?
5: Uh, when I say he can absolutely pull off the upset, I'm just answering it in in the terms of the question. I don't think Tiago Santos winning would be that massive of an of an upset. I mean, the man is an incredibly high-level mixed martial arts fighter, an incredibly dangerous Muay Thai fighter. But at the end of the day, I do think Ankalaev gets it done. I just think he's stronger, faster. Uh, this is his. Uh, it's it's just it's weird to say, but I just think he's clicking at all cylinders right now. Tiago Santos, his last fight was left much to be desired. Even his two previous few losses after that left a lot to be desired. I just think it's Ankalaev's fight to lose. I do. I don't. I'm not quite with Jed in saying that he's going to be a future champion because I think Prahaska is a bad dude, and I think he's going to win the title. And then I would like to see that fight at some point, but. Mago man Ankalayev is just an absolute monster. His last fight against Volkan Ozdemir. Volkan Ozdemir, again, was another former champ, former title challenger. And Ankalayev barely broke a sweat and just battered that man in Abu Dhabi. Before that, I believe it was Nikita Krylov, who I've been saying for a long time is one of the more underappreciated light heavyweights in the history of the UFC. And he, again, barely broke a sweat and then had those two weird fights against again, Kutalaba. So I just think Ankalaev is the man in 2022. Uh, and i I think he gets it done against Thiago Santos. I'm not. I don't know how he's going to get it done, but I do see him having his hand raised at the end of the fight.
3: A.K. Who you got? I'm
6: going Ankalaev with confidence. Um, you know, part of me is tempted to, to side with the Brazilian vet, which I did a few times uh, on the UFC 272. But uh, listen, I was way off on the Bryce Mitchell. Um, Edson Barbosa fight, I thought that that was a case of uh, you know a Brazilian veteran with with too much striking, uh, facing a guy who you know hadn't hadn't shown me yet that they can they can beat a veteran opponent. And is a different case; he's already beaten some veteran guys. Um, he has the striking to to hang with Santos, and obviously I think a major grappling advantage. So uh, I am saying with confidence. You know me; I never like to say so and so has no chance to win, but I'm saying with confidence this is going to be a comfortable ankle win i think he finishes uh in the first three rounds um again this is no disrespect to tiago santos he's done a lot of great things but he is getting closer to the end of his career and is is right in the thick of what is uh what could really be a legitimate title run um, and i think he goes through tiago santos to continue that run
3: this is a really interesting fight and i mean this is mma and this is like Super obvious for, for most fights you could ever talk about, but this is one that could go down in a number of different ways. Like it could, end in two minutes. It could end in the championship rounds. It could go the distance and you can make an argument like technically for all of these things to happen. Like the small cage plays a factor for me more than anything. Like this is on a pay-per-view and the big cage. Maybe I look at things a little bit differently, because Ankalaev is a really good wrestler, and we've seen it displayed in some of his fights. Others, we haven't needed to see it because he could just crack. Like, he could just crack you. I think Santos is probably the more powerful guy, the more one-punch knockout kind of a fighter. But I think Ankalaev is a little more crafty, a little sneakier. But Ankalaev probably doesn't want to get himself into this, like, all-out slugfest, shot-for-shot battle with Tiago Santos. I think that's that, That's not the way he wants to go about this. I think the takedowns, the mere threat of them as the fight goes on plays a major factor. But if Santos can stay a distance and pick his shots and stay on his feet, I, th- I think he has a pretty good chance to win this fight. And I feel like there's two fighters on this card who are being incredibly slept on. Tiago Santos is one of them. Another one we'll talk about in a little bit. Unfortunately, even though I say that, I just feel like ankle going to land the takedowns. I think he's going to wear Santos down. Eventually I see Tiago getting a little frustrated, possibly a little desperate. And then ankle will put him away. Third round TKO from Algamit ankle But Tiago, I, I, if you want to take a dog shot on those odds on Tiago Santos, I would not, uh, I mean, I wouldn't blame you whatsoever. So uh, as a case, this is a really good
0: card.
1: 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co bball for eligibility, wagering, and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources.
3: We got some real competitive matchups. I do want to touch on the Coleman event because it's a fun one at 135 between Song Yudong and Marlon Marias. Song, super talented guy. And every time this guy fights, or we're even talking about him, the fact that he's only 24 years old is just unbelievable. So as good as he is, he's only going to get way better. And he faces Marlon Marais, who has had a pretty tough stretch as of late, been stopped with strikes in three straight fights, four of his last five. But those losses are to the top guys in this division, past and present. Henry Cejudo. Marais even had his moments in that fight. The Corey Sanhaga fight, the Rob Font fight, and then Rob Willie, who you could argue if there was... Maybe any other referee on the planet in the cage of those two guys, Marias might have got himself a victory, gotten the stoppage, and pilled up this major upset against this incredible fighter, Mirab Diwaleshwilly. Unfortunately, he wears himself out going for the kill. And if there's one guy you don't want to get tired against, it's Marab Willy. So big opportunity for Song Dong to get a win over a former world champion in Marlon Moraes, former UFC Challenger. In a must-win fight, you would have to say for Malin Moraes, Jose Young's. This might actually be Jose on paper. The best fight of the weekend. Do you agree with that, or it's, do you not rank it that high in your eyes?
5: Yeah, I'm not going to argue against it, but it's not my best fight of the. It. It's not the fight I'm looking for m- most forward to this weekend. But I'm not gonna. If some, if if if, if you're gonna die on that hill, then. I'm not going to argue against. <laughs> it's an incredibly high level fight in a division that a lot of us consider one of the best. But yeah, everything about that fight rules. I do think Marlon Moraes is fighting for his UFC career at this point. Like you said, uh, he, pointing out all those losses, and he did. He, he even lost a to, like he had the the quote unquote win over Jose Aldo, which a lot of people thought Jose Aldo won. So he could theoretically be on a five fight losing streak uh, at this point. So another loss to another high level bantamweight. And I hate to say it, if we if Marlon loses badly again, we'll probably see him in Eagle FC next. Uh, just be, it's it's an unfortunate. I'm not even saying unfortunate in terms of like Eagle FC being a bad promotion. I just there's a lot of fighters I want to see Marlon Moraes fight in. That happened to be in the UFC. Now I'm gonna watch Marquez fight wherever he fights. Uh, but at the end of the day, I actually think Marquez is gonna win this fight. Uh, Song Yudong is super impressive, but again, he's 24. I think he lost to Marlon Vera, uh, and then that weird draw against Cody Stammler was also weird. So he's had a couple, he's had a couple performances that I don't think he either deserved to get his hand raised and vice versa. The weird fight against Casey Kenny was a split. I actually scored that pretty comfortably for Casey Kennedy, uh, but I'm not. I don't remember it specifically, but I do remember I squared for him. But I just think Marlon Moraes more experience, more ways to win. Song Dong hits incredibly hard. He trains with Team Alpha Male, so you know he gets a lot of training partners around Marlon Moraes' size. I just think Marlon Moraes gets this done against the. And again, Marlon Moraes beating Song Dong is just a speed bump in Song's career. A lot of people consider him a future title challenger. Just right now. On March twelfth, two 2022, I just think Marlon Marais has more ways to win, uh, and his back is against the wall, so he's probably going to throw everything. Uh, or it's going to be one of those weird fights like Sago Santos did against Johnny Walker where he just kind of controls the fight or something weird like that. But I think Marlon Marais gets this done. He has more ways to win.
3: A.K. Bantam Waits. Am I right? And I know you've been a tough grader on these "quote unquote" co-main events on these fight night cards, AK. But this one has to pass the AKI test, right? This is oh. co-main events. This is not second to last fight territory. This is co-main event in your eyes, right?
6: This is this is legit. This is the number Marlon Moraes, the number eleven ranked bantamweight in MMA fighting's global rankings. Okay, so that's that's a ranked guy. He's fought for the UFC telefor. He's a former uh, World Series of Fighting champion. Uh, Song Dong again, as, as Jose mentioned it's uh, uh, just a blue chip prospect Uriah Faber has said said years ago he said this guy is going to win uh, the UFC title someday, so I don't know how close we are to that, but Marlon Moraes is like the perfect litmus test for that uh, this, this is one of those crossroads fights right, I mean this is where we we learn a lot about uh, Marlon Moraes. you know, there's no shame in losing to um, a Rob, there's no shame in losing to a Rob Font, there's no shame in losing to a Sanhagen, but as uh, Jed Mishu is always reminding me at some point, you've got to just start winning fights again. It doesn't matter who your competition is. You know, once you reach this level, the UFC is not going to help build you back up. They're not going to throw you freebies um, unless, for some reason, you decide to like jump in on short notice and take a fight, which is again not a not really advantageous for a veteran to do either because the game is so unpredictable. Um, and and you wouldn't risk that. So he's in a very tough spot uh, facing a guy he's almost a decade older than, so hungry, has a knack for winning fights. Say what you want about some of those decisions, Casey Kenny. Uh, Chito Vera, Cody Stamen, uh, he he just has a way of getting away with that without a loss, um, outside outside of the uh, getting decision by by Phillips. So, man, this is so dangerous for Marlon. But I do think this doesn't go to a decision, I do think this goes to a finish. In that case, I am favoring uh, Marlon. I'll go as far as I I think Marlon maybe becomes the first guy to submit Song Yadong. We haven't seen like we haven't seen that as like a particular weakness for Song the grappling, but I think. Uh, Again, this is sort of a do or die, um, you know, wounded animal situation. And I think we get the best of magic on Saturday and we do get a submission finish from him. Uh, I'm not super confident about it. Song Yadong is great, but I will, this time I am leaning towards the Brazilian bet.
3: Yeah, Song's a minus 240 favorite. Comeback on Marlon is plus 195. I love this fight. It's a tough fight. I'm curious to see what Marlon's approach is going to be in this fight. Because when I spoke with him prior to the Marab fight, I mean, he just looked... You you could feel the aura. He he was was feeling himself. The positivity was there. Said he was healthy for the first time in a long time. Wasn't hampered by lingering, annoying injuries. Dude was ready to go, and it showed in the fight. Like, he looked outstanding early, clipped Marab. He hurt him bad, had that killer instinct. And it actually was to his detriment to have that killer instinct, but no one should really fault him for that because very few thought Marab would actually survive that onslaught or anybody would survive an onslaught like that, but... You know, It seems obvious, but if Song can get this fight extended, get it into the third round, his chances to win increase quite a bit, but I'm with both of you guys. I think Mario Moraes gets it done. I think he will wobble Song early. I don't think he'll go in and just blow his gasket. If he does hurt him, I think he'll be a little more patient with the finish. Uh, So I'm with you guys. Give me the magic man for the upset. So uh, before we go to the peeps, what's the fight on this card outside of these two Jose Youngs that you have your eye on the most and why? What's your Jose Young's high-level martial arts pick outside of the, the main and co-main event?
5: The main card. That is literally the answer. Every single fight on the main card is a high-level... Like There's even fights on the prelim card. Like We talked about this, but this fight card is absolutely fantastic. Every single fight, because I, I knew you were going to ask this. So this morning, I was sitting down, and I was trying to pick a, a low-key banger. Every single fight on the main card is a 10 out of 10 martial arts competition. But if we're going to include storylines and everything, I mean, it's Alex Bejeda, Bruno Silva, Alex is doing all, talking all, saying all the right things, kind of hype a future rematch against Israel Adesanya, the current middleweight champion. And this is prize fighting after all. So the more interested fans are in a certain fight, the more likely that fight will be made. Bruno Silva has been absolutely melting fools for a long time. I think what is... How many fights do they have in the UFC? Three or four, maybe two or three. They both went by TKO. And then I think he had three or four uh, KO wins in M1 as well, including, if I'm not mistaken, against Alexander Dane former Bellator uh, middleweight champion. So Bruno Silva is an incredibly violent fighter who happens to be a very nice man. I think he has like 18 or 19 total KO wins out of like 20-something or something like that. And then Alex Bejeda. The second he signed on to the UFC, the conversation of who's the best striker in the UFC had another element to, to take into consideration. So, uh, if we're just going MMA, Bruno Silva probably wins. I haven't seen a whole lot of Alex Pajedas grappling, but he's knocking fools out like he should uh, as an incredibly high level glory kickboxer. And I really want to see, selfishly want to see them is, him rematch Israel as don't know who's going to win. Don't particularly care, but someone's dying in that fight, and that is my highly technical prediction. Someone gets carted off, and I have no idea who. Uh,
3: that's my choice as well. Uh, AK is gone. He is turned into a hologram silhouette of a, of a long-haired woman. Now he's back, I'm and not- I can't hear him. Now he's muted. A professional broadcast uh, not- through and through here with MMAFighting.com. But I'm with you, Jose. I think this is the fight. I think people... This is kind of like the oh yeah fight because you look at the top like four or five fights on the card and then you for, you it's almost like you almost forgot that this fight was on the card. But I, I mentioned people sleeping on Tiago Santos. Bruno Bruno Silva is number two. He might be one B in this conversation. Everyone sleeping on Bruno Silva. He's not getting mentioned in a lot of this stuff, man. Everyone's uh, you go and look at everybody's predictions. Everyone's picking Alex Bahedich to go in there and melt this guy. Like what is going on here? This is a guy who in the the only award show that matters was number three. MMA Fighting Rookie of the Year voting. 3 and O, three knockouts. Took three hard shots to the ding-ding against Andrew Sanchez. Overcame and get gets a finish. Finishing fools left and right. Nobody's talking about this guy. And I think he's a very live underdog. But that fight's going to be absolutely incredible. This has been the Alex Mejeda show since the fight was booked. It's been the Alex Mejeda show all week in terms of how people view this fight. Like, people think just Bruno's the next victim for this guy. And Bruno is... Is super legit, so I love this fight for for multiple reasons. AK, what's your what's your non-main event slash co-main event fight of the night you're looking forward to and why?
6: Yeah, look, I mean, look, how can you not be excited about the Silva of fight? I mean, uh, it's uh, Silva has uh, well, a Blondado, which would say, because there's so many Bruno Silvas running around. Uh, has spoiler written all over him. I mean, him with him and Chris Curtis and uh, Rodriguez uh, were like three three of my favorite like stories of the middleweight division like they just kind of they kind of breathe some air into it. we just saw rodriguez lose to uh Petrosian, unfortunately but but outside of that like it was it felt like a just a nice little burst of life and three guys who are like veterans too it wasn't like new new un- guys like unpredictable properties it was like legitimately you know three guys who could make who could do some damage so obviously i'm excited for that fight but i am so fascinated to see what's going to happen with uh terrence mckinney I I I don't know if uh, that one win he had earlier this month. Just I, shouldn't, I guess it wasn't this month. It was still the end of that was the end of February, right? That yeah. was yeah okay. So so technically not this month. Uh, so he didn't. He he still has not reached the ranks of the uh, FARVs in our global rankings. Fighters also receiving votes. It's a it's a real phrase, guys. Kids are using it. Okay, um, but <laughs> I I wonder. If he picks up uh, like a, another first round finish of Drew Dober, man, I mean that might that might push. I don't know if that's going to push people into uh, into our top 15s. i I'm definitely going to have to think about it. There's so much hype and so much excitement around a guy like this who has such an amazing story. He's on a ridiculous finishing streak. Like I don't know, if, you know, I don't think we make enough because the story is so cool. Um, I shouldn't say cool. I mean, somewhat tragic, but also inspirational the way he came back from it. I don't think people realize how he came to the UFC. He so he started off as 2021 16 second TKO. Uh, followed that with a 17 second head kick knockout. 72 seconds his next fight, and then he makes the debut with UFC and sets the record for the fastest finish by a, a debuting fighter, fastest finish in lightweight history, seven seconds. So and and then he shows off his grappling. He's done everything you can to To make himself look like someone who will be a future UFC lightweight champion. It, it, it is too much too soon, for sure, to be making a claim like that. But if he takes out a guy like Dober, who has been ranked by the UFC, he's been top 15 in the UFC previously, man, I mean, we're talking again. We're talking about him maybe coming in for a spot in his zone. So I am so intrigued by that fight. And Drew Dober is just an exciting fight in general. So it's a great partner for him. And it's a great opportunity for McKinney, who uh, is living up to what he said. He said, hey, book me as soon as possible if I'm healthy. Got a clean bill of health here he is 2 weeks uh 2 weeks after his last fight and uh that to me is like the yeah the non main event banger
3: we got Alex Casera, Sudik Youssef on this main card, which I really love that fight. Uh, Khalil Roundtree, Carl Roberson, Jose mentioned that one earlier. Uh, Matthew Semmelsberger, AJ Fletcher on the prelims, JJ Aldrich, Julian Robertson on the prelims, Trevin Jones, Javid Basharat making his UFC debut. That's on the prelims. Damon Jackson, Camuela Kirk, Sabina Mazo, Morena Maverick stepping in on short notice. She's back. Cody Brundage, Dolce La Lagambula, Guido Canetti against the returning Chris Boutinho, and then Tafan Inchukwi versus Azamat Mirzakanoff. So there's going to be a lot of highlights on this card. I, I have a feeling. Some some good fights,
2: some highlight reel finishes. This is exactly what you're looking for. So Support for this show comes from Atlassian. Atlassian software like Jira, Confluence, and Loom help power global collaboration for all teams so they can accomplish everything that's impossible alone. Because individually, we're great. But together, we're so much better. That way, every one of your teams from engineering and IT to marketing, HR, and legal can stay connected and move together as one towards shared company-wide goals. Learn how to unleash the potential of your team at Atlassian.com. That's A-T-L-A-S-S-I-A-N.com. Atlassian.
3: Let's go to the peeps. Let's see what they have to say. And uh, they Mike, can ask I, about anything. You, Mike, did you see the poll? <laughs> I <laughs> did not, but did I figured know, there's one us about
6: the poll. Did you know that there's a poll? Uh, I I, I I I I just want to remind people they may not have seen it. I whipped it out as soon as we started this cha- uh, this uh, this show. So uh, I asked, "How excited are you for Saturday's UFC Vegas 50 event?" Uh, I, the options were uh, obviously the top, peeing myself with excitement. Uh, looks okay will watch hard pass and then worst lineup ever so uh mostly positive it's 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 80 not, it's eight, not a lot of pant peeing. listen it's well not as much as i'd like to see normally oh, yeah. but it's it's 87% it's 87% positive 63% looks okay will watch so that's good i mean that's you know if, if you have espn plus and you have nothing else to do, they'll have it on that's that's good i think and uh, 23% uh soiled so that's pretty strong <laughs> You like to
3: see it. So, so
6: this is where, where are your diapers. I
3: mean, if you, you if, if if you rephrase uh, that off. first one, do you think that number would have been higher? <laughs> <laughs> Quite possibly, yes. Okay, fair enough for future <laughs> polls. <laughs> Let's see what the peeps have to say. Right. Uh the innuendo with these this these poll explanations. I don't hear it. Uh, I hear ju- it. Javon, is it better for Maverick's trajectory that she has taken two losses early in her career? That is, will these losses help her become a contender in the future opposed to getting too close to the sun? So Miranda Maverick's an interesting tale, AK, because she comes out, has a tremendous debut, just looks sensational. She goes on the media tour. Everyone's asking her about Valentina Shevchenko. She's saying that, you know, give me a couple of years. I'm going to fight her. I'm going to beat her. She's already sizing her up, already breaking her down. And then she's got a couple losses now. Now she's uh she's she's trying to she's trying to bounce back, jumping in a short notice against Sabina Mazo. Do you think these losses help her become a contender in the future, or maybe you know I I I think a lot of us are very high on her. Maybe we're a little too high on her. What 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 are we thinking here?
6: Normally I'd say uh, yes, especially because she's only uh, yes that the loss will help her because she's only twenty four years old. I think if you look at any fighter's record, not any fight, I would say, there, 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 but there are several fighters that we consider stars now, that we consider dominant fighters now, who had sort of odd losses in their records in their early 20s. They just weren't in the UFC. Uh, they weren't under that microscope. So it's almost unfair to just say, to like, to view these losses that way, just because they happen in the UFC. It's a different kind of division. She's, it's a different kind of opposition. Again, she's only 24. However, however, uh, Miranda Maverick has the disadvantage of being a well-rounded human being um so my concern for her is that she has (laughs) this is this sounds horrible kids stay in school don't listen to what i'm about to say my concern for her is that she has interests and passions outside of fighting uh you know it's very well documented that as she was being a full-time fighter she was also pursuing like i think a phd um she's a very intelligent young woman uh super talented fighter obviously uh it's i think it's just it's, it's, but if someone like her, I feel like loses fights, I almost feel like they, there's that, there's that option of like, oh, okay, fighting didn't work out for me. I have other things to do. There's, there isn't that, that, uh, I don't know if she has that same desperation. Now, I could be completely wrong. You know, Miranda Maverick could s- smack me in the face and say, look, there's nothing I care more about than fighting. You're a, you're a jackass. Uh, and I would totally understand that. But this is just, again, from the outside looking in, I feel like she, because she has options, I do wonder how much more, uh, losses she'd be willing to take and, and climb out of that. That that hole in the rankings to someday become a contender because the talent is there we know that talent is there she's a very good athlete but we've seen her now lose to well lose to, clearly to one fighter who's younger than her and then really get robbed of a victory against Macy Barber um, so yes on paper it should make her stronger but again there's if you know more stuff about her I do wonder if um, if fighting is something that she feels that she has to dedicate everything in her life to I don't know so she lost that fight because she's least yeah.
4: too hard is that what you're saying you okay
6: no, she lost that uh, the the uh, she lost to Aaron Blanchfield. because Aaron Blanchfield's the better fighter right now. She lost to Blanchfield because Blanchfield's a beast. Yeah, but the question is, how much can she learn from her losses? And I don't know how much I don't know how much she can learn from a fight like that. That's I, I think that's a very discouraging loss. The
4: I think the Blanchfield loss is going to be great for her uh, because that's a that's a loss that really teaches you a lot. The Barber loss. I'm gonna put this little graphic up real quick. <laughs> Just yeah. a reminder that was one of the. Robberies of the year, I know you yes, throw that word I, around, but look at that! Just look at that!
6: Oh, listen! Anyone who follows robbery review knows I err that I do. Ro- I I started doing robbery review to dispel the notion that certain fights are robberies. This fight was a robbery. Okay. Uh, you guys can find that at dot com. You can Google robbery review and and Miranda Maverick and Macy Barber. That's one of the rare fights that I said, yeah, listen, this is this is a robbery. The judges just clearly got this one wrong. Yeah, I think um, yeah,
3: I think this is actually a great fight for her. Her jumping in on, to fight Sabina Mazo, excellent. I don't know who manages her. Actually, yeah, I forget who manages her. But yeah, sure. whoever did and brought this to her attention, smart move. This is a very winnable fight for her. Sabina is, is tough, man. She can crack. But if Miranda gets this fight to the ground, she should win this one rather convincingly. So I think this is the perfect fight for her to come back to. Jose, your thoughts on Miranda Maverick and her coming back after these two losses?
5: I mean, it's the women's flyweight division. Uh, you can win three, three, four in a row, and all of a sudden you're fighting for the title. I think at one point, including myself, I thought Miranda Maverick. I don't think I ever – I never said Miranda was going to win the title, but I think she would just get to at least title shot pretty rapidly. She was saying all the right things. Uh, she even called out Antonina Shevchenko. I think after her like her her win over Jillian Robertson, just because like you know if I beat her sister, that's quicker path to the title. So even she was trying to take that quick path to the title. Uh, the Macy Barber fight, she won. There's really nothing to learn from it because yeah. she won the fight. I don't care what the judges said. So yeah, you win or learn. She won. She didn't look. She can't learn anything from that. And then Aaron Blansfield, I think, is just a better fighter. There's no. I I'm a big fan of Tracy Cortez. She's a very nice human being. Aaron Blansfield definitely beat Trace Cortez in Invicta. Aaron Blansfield should be undefeated. But Miranda Maverick also has a couple losses in Invicta, and not even like knock out or submissions. Like she just got beaten up early in her career, so losses aren't new to her. Uh, so yeah, she'll learn. And if you remember her loss to Aaron Blanchfield, she was not in the mood to talk to her coaches. She kind of stormed out the next day. She put out this statement saying she doesn't know what happened, she just didn't perform this and that. So, if anything, I don't think that there's anything technically to learn because she didn't really do anything against Aaron Blanchfield mentally. She can't even, she didn't even have the answers of what happened to that. So Maybe a different mental approach or maybe dealing with certain things inside the cage. But technically, I don't think there's much to learn uh, from the Aaron Blanchfield fight because she just got beat up by just a better fighter.
4: Yeah, I, I really saw the Aaron Blanchfield-Maverick fight. has. I mean, I know not everything's the same, but kind of like um, uh, Dustin Poirier versus Max Holloway fighting on the early prelims. Not, I'm not saying these two fighters are going to be the next Shevchenko's, but I think they would, both of these fighters are going to be permanent top 10 fighters for a while
6: they just fought very early in their ufc career that's all that was to me yeah and and let me say i hope i'm very wrong about the my my you know saying that oh because miranda maverick is a well-rounded human being she might not become a ufc champion casey feel free to clip that later someday when she gets her title (laughs) shot and remember when this remember when this idiot said you couldn't chase a phd and chase a ufc title (laughs) like just clip that and then we'll we'll spread that out there and i'll be i'll be very embarrassed
5: so I, i hope she proves me wrong yeah also also, like Mike said, Sabina, ba- Ma- Sabina Mazo is really good. She gets a lot of head mm-hmm. kick knockouts for a lady. So this is not a, oh Miranda Maverick bounces back easy. She's fighting a really high level striker too. So this is a good fight.
3: Yeah,
6: Mike. Mike, we said this, division, this. This division is very competitive. Like this division is so much better than people give it credit for. Like it's a it's a really yeah. good division.
5: Also, let's not forget Sabina Mazel's loss to Alexis Davis is a bantamweight, and then she drops back yeah. down after that and just lost to Maria. The Maria Agapova fight, I think, loss was is a little weird. I thought she was going to dominate that, and I think if they fight ten times, I think Sabina wins nine of them. Hmm. She just got submitted against Maria.
4: Yeah, actually, yeah. I, I hope whoever loses this fight, I hope the UFC doesn't. I hope, basically, I hope they the loser gets another fight because it'll be a three fight losing streak for the loser and mm. both of these women deserve to be fighting in the ufc so yeah it's a, it's a very like sabina, had Moroz, sabina
5: had marina morose sabina had marina morose in her first ufc fight yeah. and marina is so underrated yeah, is. like as you saw this yeah. past saturday
6: yep yep uh, i will okay. say though leaving leaving the ufc might not be the worst thing you know mm. as we said ufc is not the place to rebuild your sure. confidence and career right so it might not be the worst thing uh, do, do, do,
4: do, do. uh i know we kind of answered this before but
3: uh I, I mean i think we're i mean he's definitely in the hunt of, with a win I, mean, I don't think anybody would disagree with that uh you're, you're a i mean it's just a difference of <laughs> yeah i mean he's either getting the next shot or he needs one more win so that mean that's it
4: does yeah. he have yeah. the number fan number push, seven in our rankings do you think <sighs> That's what I think, I think he has the fan.
5: I, I think he has the fan push in the sense that if the UFC goes back to Abu Dhabi in October, would you be surprised if Ankaliyev and Islam Makhchev fought for the titles on Abu Dhabi? Uh, not me. Nope. I think it'd be a there geographical thing. Or even if Islam fights Benil on in Abu Dhabi and the coma, in you know Ankaleyev could fight in the main event and Islam. Well, honestly, Islam and Hamzat should be could both main event over Ankaliyev regardless of whether it's a title shot or not. But yeah, all those guys are going to get fast tracked the titles solely because. Uh, you know, the UFC has to touch down, and, and even Dana was Dana said, like, if Islam fights for the title, it's probably gonna be in Abu Dhabi. So that's what's gonna happen. Okay. Um,
4: uh comment from Andrew Kelly.
3: Khalil Roundtree brings the violent vibes. Love that dude when he's in the zone. And see, that's the last five words. That's always yeah. the thing with Khalil when he's <laughs> in the zone. Because when he is in the zone, we get the performance against Mendes and Bukaskis. We get the performance against Eric Anders. When he's not in the zone, yeesh, this could be a tough night for him. But I like the matchmaking. Hope um, uh, good vibes. I'm setting out good vibes, to both guys. We have an exciting fight.
4: Yeah. Round is one of those guys when he wins, he wins big. And he wins. It's scary when he wins. Type of, he's that he brings that type of violence when he when he's or, won his A game. <laughs>
5: Or he just puts you in a wood chipper. like Because Eric Anders oh, yeah. didn't get finished, but Eric Anders basically just got shot in the face for 15 minutes.
4: You know what? It felt like he got finished. In my mind, I felt like Eric, Eric, yeah. Eric Anders got knocked out because it was so one-sided. You're right.
5: Yeah. Because then everyone's after that fight, because even before that, like I I know he lost Johnny Walker on Johnny Walker's rise, but he knocked out, he freaking knocked out Gokun Saki, which is yeah. still crazy to think about. Uh, and then that started with like, oh, Bangkok rated Khalil Roundtree, and then he just got eaten alive by Eon and I think Copenhagen, if I remember correctly.
4: Okay, um, I'm not sure what this question means. I'm going to throw it up there.
3: Is AK's chest tattoo bigger or smaller than Tobago's?
6: Tobago, okay. what? Does this mean anything? <laughs> that, that, that had to be Tiago. Be, Tobago had to be Tiago.
0: Autocorrect, Tiago. That's my, is my, is my chest tattoo Is
6: my chest tattoo showing? Is my chest tattoo showing? Oh, no, hold on. You're I mean, never get I a know, real job of that Sorry, chest guys. tattoo. Okay. People, aren't, people aren't supposed to know about that. People aren't supposed to know about that. Sorry about that. Next question, next question. Button that up. Uh, <laughs> that's, that's that's embarrassing. That's, <laughs> I apologize. That's embarrassing. I, I didn't know it was showing. Uh.
3: Is he fighting for his UFC job? Are we? Is it that dire? Do You think we're there? I mean, Jose, you were kind well, of like leaning that history, in that right? direction, but I don't think you fully. I think if to
5: that. I think if he loses, he'll get maybe one more. But I, I think this—he's not going to be in the main event if he loses because he's an exciting fighter. Like you're yeah. going to have to give him guys to like. P, there's people on the up and up. Dude. Like Chitago Santos can just be a gatekeeper. Or I mean, he could drop to middleweight again if he wanted to, because he jumped up to light heavyweight kind of a means to an end, because the UFC needed a last minute replacement for a couple fights, and he just kept winning, so he stayed. So he could drop to middleweight at some point.
4: Yeah, I think for Santos, yeah, I think, yeah his job is fine with the UFC, but I think his, I think the idea of him ever fighting for a title again might be gone yeah. if he loses uh, tomorrow night. Yeah, but yeah, you're right. He's super exciting. And um, I don't see any reason why the UFC wouldn't keep him kind of as that kind of top 10, top 15, you know, gatekeeper, which is a great role yeah. to be in. It's just it pays the bills. So <laughs> nothing wrong like
5: with he, that. he he uh, if I remember, like his last light have the middleweight win was against Kevin Holland, if I remember correctly. And like he won. And then I'm yeah. pretty sure like he ended up ha- like taking a last minute fight to replace someone. And then I can't remember who it was again. It might even Sanders. been Jimmy Manoa.
3: Is oh, that Eric Anders?
5: Well, no. So and I think so I think Jimmy Manoa, if, if I remember correctly, I think Jimmy Manoa was supposed to fight Glover to Shara. and then Jimmy Manoa got hurt, so Tiago Santos stepped in. Or he stepped in for Glover, I mean, to fight Jimmy Manoa. And then Jimmy Manoa ended up getting hurt, so Eric Anders stepped in. So the original fight was <laughs> two completely different guys, and then they ended up having two middleweights fight a light heavyweight. And then when Tiago won, he ended up then fighting Jimmy Manoa, which is one of the craziest fights I've ever seen in my life. And then he ended up knocking out Janjovic in, in uh, Prague, if I remember correctly. And then he fought John Jones. So, again, Tagus Santos only moved up because they needed him to. And he just kept winning. So, he could drop to middleweight if, if he needs a, a change of scenery, I should say. Okay.
6: I do wonder how many of these fighters, because we know there's a very good relationship between the UFC and Eagle FC, I do wonder how many of these yeah. veteran fighters will just start naturally migrating towards Eagle FC because all the veterans who have gone there have talked about how great the pay is. Uh, and Tiago, we mentioned Marlon Marais earlier, a, a logical fit for there. Maybe Tiago Santos if he loses, again, I don't know how many fights he has left, but at some point, just there's a mutual agreement. Okay, don't worry about it. Don't resign. I'm going to go to Eagle and fight, take some fights there.
5: Wouldn't, hey tiago Santos fighting at 195 if eagle fc is sticking on sticking with these Ooh. crazy uh there white classes go. right cruise what, what would that be what are we calling that it's not cruiserweight it's super light heavyweight is that what oh, we're no. gonna Alpha super middleweight super middleweight is what we're gonna call
6: oh it. who do i credit oh my gosh did you see the person on twitter who i think it was i want to say is millington Andrew Millington, who said uh the 165 should be called svel- svelterweight i thought that was so good <laughs> I thought that was like we how? How is that not official? How is that not official? It's that's super
5: so light. Good. Super lightweight is the official super, one, right? Yeah, that's what it is. Yeah, yeah. yeah like so super middleweight fighter Thiago Santos or,
4: or wimpy weight How about that? <laughs> that I uh, yeah. like that. Um, yeah. Sh- shout, out, shout out,
6: Andrew Millington on on Twitter for
4: uh, while we're talking um, Eagle FC, we've got some questions about him.
3: <sighs> what happens if Kevin I Lee loses? Know.
5: Well, he's not going <laughs> to so bad
3: question yeah, yeah. That, anything guys if
6: stranger he, things have happened come on crazier things have
4: happened it's
5: true if kevin lee loses uh has
4: kevin lee lost someone know. this so far behind him in the rankings before i mean it'll be kind of it'll be new to him i don't oh maybe the knockout was a he had a he had a kind of a fluke knockout uh San, leo santos kind of got him right that was his first loss so yeah um, but, but, but that, that he was like,
5: the, like 21 yeah, yeah. 22 i, I mean 80, as long, I I, i'm going, way, I'm going yeah. way back i'm going way back you, but he yeah. wasn't that far
4: ahead yeah he wasn't that far ahead yet yeah so um this will be that's a good disastrous question. If Kevin Lee question like
5: who's he lost to like i know he's lost to after santos it's like ferguson uh, ayakinta rda charles Oliveira, and yeah. daniel rodriguez's last fight like literally like yeah three like charles rda tony are like three of like the top seven lightweights ever <laughs> in the history of mma and if you lose to dango Sanchez in 2022 it's probably not a good look
4: yeah and this is this is the weight class that he's been yeah. begging for for years and actually everyone has been kind of waiting for this weight class and yeah it'll be wild <laughs> if he loses
6: um yeah, I, I I think how old is he now? He's how old is uh, Kevin Lee? He, again, he's one of those guys. Remember, I was talking before. He's not like, even thirty. Already. He's not
5: even thirty. He's, he's twenty nine.
6: Thirty? Yeah, that's the. He's twenty yeah. nine. No. Yeah. Oh my gosh!
5: Mm-hmm. His UFC debut uh, was in two thousand and fourteen.
6: Oh my goodness! Uh, and Diego is forty. Okay, so he's eleven 40. years old Diego's younger 40, than Diego is forty. Is that, yeah, that's uh, 40 a forty years forty of, years young? Yeah,
4: forty years. Forty years, 40 years, 40 years, years young. young. And recovering from a very serious um, COVID. Um,
5: uh, yeah. Uh, about if yeah. Kevin if Kevin Lee loses at a weight class he's been calling for it, to a man uh, like ten year ten twelve years older than him that hasn't looked very overly bad, impressive yeah. his last few fights like pff, I don't know I don't very
3: know. bad very I think it's a disaster bad. if he loses for everybody because yeah. I mean, Eagle FC A him. They went all in on Kevin Lee. Mm-hmm. They went... I mean, they got money. I don't know where this money's coming from. I'm dying to know where all this money's coming from. But they gave a lot of it to Kevin Lee to come over. And this is a... This is supposed to be a showcase fight. Like, Diego's a name. And I kind of agree with Damon. Like, he, yeah. he made me feel a little bit better about the matchmaking because I hated it at first. But this is a fight the UFC very likely could have made. Like, they could have easily put this fight together. So, Definitely. I don't... I like it made me feel a little bit better. I'm still the whole COVID thing kind of irks me out a little bit. But this fight is yeah. here for a reason. This is a fight to draw eyeballs because of Diego Sanchez. But this is also a fight to make Kevin Lee look sensational. And if he doesn't, I mean, if he go, if he loses to Diego Sanchez tonight, or even if it's competitive, God,
4: honestly, even if, it, even if it's you know a twenty nine twenty eight, it. I
6: oh. mean if it's a. Di- Diego fight if it becomes like a Diego fight, like a yeah. brawl,
4: like Larson is like some weird wild.
3: <laughs> That'd be awesome. Unless it, I, I uh, guess, someone,
4: unless it's like a Gilbert type of Diego fight where Gilbert was clearly the better fighter, but it just became this crazy Diego brawl. Maybe then I, but I just I understand. rewatched
5: that fight. It, was that that crazy outside of that no, third it wasn't. round? It wasn't. No, it really, wasn't.
4: No, I, I agree with you. I agree with you. But I'm um, just, you know, people. People like to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Over, I know over, exactly over, what you mean because after that yeah. fight, after, play, after yeah. that
5: fight, yeah, after that fight, I was like, this is the craziest fight ever. Then I watched him like a ah, fight. <laughs> it was a that good was round. The,
4: remember the crowd? But it was the crowd. It was really the crowd I that kind of yeah. really brought that fight into it. Yeah. Well, it's because uh, hey, he
5: dropped it. It's he dropped Gilbert in the last. So it was like a good two and a half minutes, I should say. Yeah. But those two and a half minutes were bananas. Yeah, yeah it were bananas. Yeah. By by uh, the way, by
3: the way, I'm looking at it right now. What we were doing BTL yesterday. The betting lines were Kevin Lee minus 800. Kevin Lee, depending on where you look, if you go to one website, if you go to five dimes, Kevin Lee is a minus 2000 favorite against Diego Sanchez. That,
6: that sounds about right.
3: <laughs> like I think
6: that's, that's crazy, but that sounds about right.
4: Uh, mm. remember, but, Kevin Lee didn't look horrible against Daniel Rodriguez. Daniel Rodriguez just looked like no, the bigger no. fighter, yeah, and Daniel Kevin Rodriguez just kind of got kind of got worn out toward the end.
3: He didn't so look horrible. Op- it was just a weird performance. It's just yeah, was yeah. a weird yeah. going.
4: Yeah, it's just looked like, look like an off night rather than a fighter that just doesn't have it anymore. We, we uh, can't uh, believe a- Daniel
6: Rodriguez. Al was is asking me in the comments. A K, if Kevin Lee loses, will he be in a sticky pickle? My goodness, uh, he will be in this. He will be in the stickiest of pickles. <laughs> Uh, the sticky, the stickiest of pickles, which you guys have not really mentioned. We've somehow avoided this word during this, answering this question. Uh, retirement. Does he have to start? I mean, he's only 29, but does he have to start thinking about like, what are his options after? I mean, Eagle FC will give him another fight. Eagle FC will win or lose embarrassment or not. He's getting it. He will get it. They're apparently paying him well. He'll get another fight. He'll get another fight with Eagle FC. But if you're him, if that happens, are you like, man, I... I gotta think about where like is this career is this it for me? Like is this really he'll my fight, career? Like if, you know
5: he'll he'll fight Jake Paul. Sure. It's happen.
6: I don't think I don't think if he loses, I don't think
4: retirement, but I think his no. asking price goes way down basically. Sure. That's about yeah. it. Yes. You know. I think yeah. So I don't think he's going for yeah, he doesn't need to retire, but yeah, he ain't gonna get the same amount of money. Um actually, um, one more question about Eagle FC. I think this is actually a good question.
3: Will Eagle FC become popular enough that Habib cannot swerve the PFL, Bellator, UFC comparisons? I don't think so. I just think I mean, I mean they're a nice alternative. They get a nice little product. I mean the production's a little WWE-ish with some of the camera angles, but I mean I had no issue. I, I had less issues watching Eagle FC's last US card than UFC. 272 this past saturday so uh, for that great and they're bringing in names great there's just some of the names that make me scratch my head and there's there's so many questions i have again the funding where is this money coming from two i want to know how these fighters are being paid like i want to know i want to know i want a list of fighter payouts after all of these cards i want to know Marshall rogan yeah, I want to know how much <laughs> yeah. the dominance MMA fighters are getting paid compared to the rest of the roster. Like, I want to know. I think that's a very fair question to ask. Tiago Silva being, he looked rough. He looked pretty rough at yeah. that press conference today. The fact that this man's getting in a cage and fighting, like, good for him, like, if this is what he really wants to do. But, I mean, I'm concerned about some of the matchmaking and some of the names that they're bringing in. So, I don't know if they'll ever get that popular. Is it a nice alternative? Sure. Uh but I don't know if we're getting to that level yet. I don't know. So, ways to go. Ways to go, yeah, agree.
4: Um, this is more for a post fight thing, but I might as well have something they're asking us
3: questions. Sean Chelleth. over under. We get Izzy versus Bejeda before the end of twenty twenty three. Wow. I mean, Jose, I know you hate these kinds of questions because yeah. you need to mm-hmm. see these things play out. You need to see the dominoes fall, but just have some fun with this. Like let's just let's say Alex Pajeda just goes out there and just bolts Bruno Silva tomorrow. Like just an incredible knockout. He's the talk of the town. Is this something the is gonna push for like real quick? Are they gonna try to strike while the iron's hot super fast to try to put this fight together? Especially since Izzy's eventually gonna go up to two oh five again.
5: I don't think they're gonna. They're, he's still gonna like because Alex Payton, a, 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 from what I've seen, wants to fight a lot. So they maybe they give him the Hamzat treatment. Like if he goes out there and gets another flying knee knockout, maybe they give him the Johnny. Because let's not let's not mess around. Like if Johnny Walker had been Corey Anderson in Madison Square Garden, he probably would have fought John Jones. Correct. He wasn't yeah, going to uh, fight Jan Blachowicz in Rio Rancho, New Mexico, like Corey Anderson did. They were going to give him that. So, if he goes out there and flying knees someone, goes out there and does the same thing again, I could see it. You know, they're kind of doing it with Hamza. If Hamza beats Gilbert Burns pretty dominantly, I wouldn't be surprised if he got the next title shot against Kamar Usman. If Kamar Usman obviously gets past Leon Edwards, which I think we all expect him to do whenever that happens. So, By the end of 2023, yeah, I could see it. If Michelle, if Michelle, if if Alex, (laughs) but keeps doing his thing, uh, many, too many, too many exciting pages in the world of, in the UFC world right now, but yeah, I could see it, especially because you know, the UFC wants to strike while the iron's hot. Izzy has been saying for a long time he wants new, fresh blood, and I know this is technically not new blood, but it is in the MMA world. How many times are they going to show that knockout? Because have you seen have you ever watched that fight between those two? Alex Bevy was not dominating that fight. Not at all. He just he would like Izzy was doing extremely well. I would even say winning until he just got turned into a floor mat. So uh, yeah, I would favor Izzy in that fight, if especially in an MMA fight. But yeah, the UFC could for sure pull that in 2023.
4: I think if I think if Pereira can like Actually, it's a weird thing. If prayer actually gets taken down, if he gets taken down and he gets get and he gets up and then knocks him out, then we kind of see more of his game. If he just kind of wins, I think we're gonna be like, whoa, well, he's only a stand-up guy." It's it's a weird thing. He actually needs to get taken down and or stuff takedowns and like really throw Bruno Silva off. But Bruno Silva's just not the type of fighter either, so I don't really see that. But if prayer wins big, I could his next fight will be a. A Gilbert Burns type of level, uh, you know, like I'm um, finding Gilbert Burns. He's Definitely not getting. He's not finding Izzy his next fight, but who who would it be?
3: Like um, he'll fight like you like should fight. You know, hall, who am I missing? Win or, or lose, he'll fight your yeah. eye hall. I think your eye hall. Or that's strong, probably like or, the or next or, yeah, no, or, or or you Jackson. know
5: what. He- yeah, or like if Chris Weidman comes back or yeah. uh, Brad Tavares. Oh. I know Brad Tavares is still lurking around in the top 15. Like, you know, Izzy, Izzy's third fight in the UFC was against Brad Tavares in the main event. If Alex Maheda goes out there and fly and needs someone again, I wouldn't be surprised if they give him a main event fight. You know, just to strike Strickland, while they're on
3: top. Yeah. Strickland's probably a little too risky.
5: Way too risky. Way, Way too risky. Too. I would also but favor you put him Strickland against a guy,
3: yeah. I, I probably would too. But I'd put him against a guy who would... Absolutely stand in front of him, a favorable matchup. Um, A guy with somewhat of a decent name that gets a reaction when you book him for a fight. Like, I mean, Andre Muniz, up-and-coming talent, guy could fight for a title, legit threat in this division, gets the Uriah Hall fight, a favorable matchup. But there's still some danger factor to it as well because if Hall clips him, it's a whole different fight. But yeah, I mean, that's probably the direction they go and then give him one more against another like, former title challenger.
4: Mike, Prayer I'm giving... Big. I love the idea of him fighting Weidman. I love
6: that.
3: I
4: love
6: that. I'm giving my... Uh, guys, I'm giving my on to the next one Ooh. call okay. right now. Uh-oh. If if Michelle... Behe- uh, <laughs> you got me, Jose. <laughs> if oh, Alex... Be- Be- ah, you got me. Uh, Be- it's
3: contagious. It's Price contagious. is right, loser. theme. go. <laughs> if
6: Alex Pajeda gets a first-round knockout, I don't care what the circumstances are, whether he gets to show off his takedown defense or not. If he gets a highlight real first-round knockout... I will be telling people he should fight Adesanya next on uh, on the next one. I don't care because he, said, he hasn't I, beat anyone in the top I said, fifteen. I don't give. I don't give an S. Pardon my language. I don't give. A, I don't give an S, Casey. i sorry. I don't give an S. Sorry. There goes our monetization. There goes our. I apologize. This is how passionate I feel about this. Canineer. obviously gets the next title shot. Canineer has to is obviously going to fight Adesanya. That's the right thing to do. After that, who is like? Who, I mean, look there's people obviously you know, Muniz, Strickland are obviously ahead of Pejeta but that storyline is uh, of their previous kickboxing fights is it's just so compelling to me and I get it we should have faith in Pejeta that he can win one more fight but uh, I don't know maybe I'm not giving him enough credit maybe I'm afraid nope. if he does fight a more well-rounded guy that he'll lose the opportunity I, I really want to see that fight in MMA so the, I'm more interested the in The second best that that Strick- middleweight ever to fight in MO, MMA behind
4: Anderson Silva mm-hmm. want, you want him to book him against an unranked guy Who's not even in the top fifteen in the UFC? Not even in, in the real rankings that are. Man, did you see, rank- do you
6: see that? Do you see that knockout? That's all I need to see. I, do you see that five-second clip of him knocking out Izzy? That's it. I don't care about the context. <laughs> I don't care who was actually winning that fight. I don't care what happened. I don't care how controversial their first kickboxing match was. That clip is meant to be digested for the common man. I speak for the common man. You know this. We're losing. This, we're this,
4: losing people. You're, you're turning. You no, we
6: are. We are gaining people. We are gaining the real people of of America. Uh, I want to see this fight as soon as possible. I am going to have him skip over Muniz, Strickland, all these guys. If he gets a huge knockout, put him in there with Izzy. Just do it. Just do it. Just
5: I do would it. also another actual answer would be uh, the winner of Jacko Mieschard. I think because Jacko and Pereira kind of have beef. Uh, they were supposed to fight, and then didn't fight, and they just talking all that greasiness. And I think Gerald Mershart is a guy that you can test. He'll test like you, I, I or obviously you saw what Hamza did to him. Um, but Gerald Murshar is incredibly well rounded. A lot of submission game, a lot of submission uh, wins. It uh, doesn't he have like the most, and or up there for the most ever in middleweight history middleweight for UFC. Merchardt. yeah. yeah, yeah I mean, I was rolling. strictly talking middleweight, so yeah. don't hate that fight either. But yeah. Maybe one, maybe two, or if they give it, I'm not going to say no to a title shop, but it's just not going to happen.
4: Oh my god! Can we no, give? I
5: just, can we, I just
3: realized if you Prair mentioned wins, Gerald Meerschardt. I would love.
5: To I think I Gerald Mirchard it. deserves some shine.
3: Gerald Meerschardt deserves yeah, so some I. shine. After that, after that knockout, the way he f- came back in 2021 with three submission wins, yeah. back to back to back, yeah. sick fights, too. Sick fights.
5: I love watching this yeah, grappling. Awesome fights. Awesome. He's man. so good. Where's Rockle? The dude That's has the dude what? has 26 submission wins. Wideman Rockled too.
4: That's a lot. Yeah. That's a lot of oh, my. Or yeah, either way. Either way. Um, all right. Uh let's wrap this up. What we got? Let me find anything else. You got any
3: Bellator questions?
4: I didn't see any. <laughs> <laughs> oh
0: no. Yeah. Oh, Dude, my God. I I tried. the Bellator the bad. Bellator No, because we I've answered all seen.
4: those on the preview show. That's why. You know. There you go. Yeah. Oh no, this is a preview show. What do we no, but we what we answered all those the... on BTL. BTL. BTL.
3: Yes. Oh, yes, we did. <laughs> We, we, uh, sold, we sold we saw we tried we tried to sell it I,
4: I, I'm, I'm, I, it's a good main card it's a good main card i'm saying um uh anything else anything else? did we do under the radar
5: mm-hmm.
4: we did? I
3: mean, right. yeah
2: i think
4: we did. we did yeah all right um last um no we answered the marlon Moraes thing um yeah i think we're good John. that it i think we're good okay okay great
3: all right So get ready, everybody. If you're listening to this after the fact, sorry, but Eagle FC is going down in a couple hours, so get ready for that. Jed and I at some point will go on Twitter Spaces to uh, relieve you (laughs) of uh, Henry Cejudo's commentary, so stay tuned for that. Uh, We'll be back here tomorrow, 30 minutes before UFC Vegas 50 for the People's Pre-Fight Show, while Post-Fight Show After, a.k.a. And I'll be back on Sunday with on to the next one. So we got a very busy weekend ahead of us. So for Jose, for AK, shout out to you, Casey, on the ones and twos. He's on a poster now. He's on a fight poster. (laughs) It's official. Next Saturday. Get ready, Casey Lydon getting into the getting into the cage. So, well, we have to have our own preview show for that fight. Twitter space. uh, We'll make that happen. All right, everybody. Enjoy Eagle FC. We'll see you guys tomorrow ahead of UFC Vegas 50.
1: bet based on amount of initial losing bet bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance see dkng.co slash bball for eligibility wagering and deposit restrictions terms and responsible gaming resources
0: first thing in the morning as soon as you wake up the to-do list starts